My message today is called Worship is a Way of Life. Um, most people don't understand and realize this very important aspect about worship, and that is that worship requires discipline. We come to church on Sunday mornings and we all worship and you know we, we, we engage in it. We think we do it well. But what I, I hope today's message uh, will share with you is that worship is more than just what we do in the hour that we spend together. If, if, it's, if, if that's all it is, then, then our understanding of what worship really is falls way short of what the Bible teaches and what God desires of us when it comes to worship as a discipline, as a part of our lives. Because the worship that we have with God impacts every single day of our life. So today I want to begin with a passage of scripture that I think beautifully captures what worship is. It's John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. In fact, what I'd love for you to do is read it with me. Would you guys do that? On the count of three, one, two, three. Let's read it together. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. <clears throat> what a great passage of scripture. And this passage of scripture kind of, it gives us criteria for the kind of worship God seeks, right? Our, what God desires is that we worship him in spirit and in truth. So I, I think that's something really important to know and to understand and to incorporate into our lives. And when we do worship God that way, this is what the passage of Scripture says. When we worship that way, they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. When we worship God in spirit and truth, God seeks that out. And so the converse is true. And this part's kind of scary. When we worship God, but it's not in spirit and it's not in truth, the question that I have for you is, according to this passage, does God even show up? And so how we worship is vital. And it, it doesn't just happen easily. What God desires is for us to learn how to make worship more than just something we do for an hour on Sunday, but to live our life that way. So, I want to begin that way. When I was in seminary preparing to become a pastor, I took a preaching class, right? Just like I'm preaching today. And in that preaching class, the professor gave us an assignment. And he said, um, your assignment is that you're going to write a sermon and you're going to preach it in front of the whole class. And then he gave us some parameters and some timelines. And so we all had to prepare. But one of my friends was struggling through the class. And so he had some questions. And one of the he raised his hand. Uh, he asked one of the questions, Prof, um, just so, so we get an idea, um, how, many, how many points should we have in our sermon? And the professor looked at him and said, mm, I've heard you preach before, so have at least one. <laughs> Today, my message, I really want to convey one message. Right, And I hope that if you get the heart of this message, um, we're going to be okay. My one point is to, to, to learn how to make worship a way of life for you. 
And we're going to talk about what that looks like and what that means so that we can learn to practice the discipline of worship daily and not just for the one hour that we meet in church together. Amen? Amen. Let's take this journey together. So this message that I have prepared for you, it comes out of Scripture and it also comes out of my own personal experience and your experience, I'm sure, will be just the same as mine. I've been to a lot of worship services in my life. I've served as a pastor for 20 years in Hawaii at the Bridge Church. Before that, I was an associate pastor in two places over the course of six years. And since we've moved here, I've bounced around and been to a lot of churches and we've settled here. I've been to, I've been to great conferences where there were thousands of people. Last summer, I, I I got to be a pastor at Nazarene Youth Conference where there was 9,000, uh, young people worshiping in the, 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 uh, Crooked Stick Arena in Phoenix, Arizona. It was amazing. So I've seen amazing worship services. I've been a part of worship services where there were thousands of people and maybe hundreds of people. I've been in churches where there's not even a hundred people and people worship. And I have had unique experiences where at times I have been moved by the service, by the worship, by the message, so much so that I was a different person at the end of the service than when I was at the beginning. You know what that looks like. You know what that feels like. You've been to services that way. But I will also tell you this, that I have been to services where from the beginning to the end, the only difference is that I was an hour older. (laughs) And what happened in that service didn't affect me at all, right? Now, in some of the services where I have been greatly affected, people weren't. And in some of the services where I wasn't changed at all, some people were giving their hearts and lives to the Lord. And so I ask, you know, I look at that in my own life experience and say, what's the difference? Why Why was it that sometimes... The Spirit moved powerfully in me and and I was changed. And why sometimes, after an amazing day, other people were changed and I was totally unchanged. Some people will say, well, you know, the pastor, you know, the message that he preached didn't resonate with me. So they blamed the pastor. Have you heard anybody? I doubt you've ever heard anything like that. You know, pastor, I'm just not getting anything from the message. If you've been a pastor, you've heard that. <laughs> I mean, is, is, it, is it just that easy? Or, or could it be that maybe we have a part to play in, in, in how our lives are impacted by the word of God and by what happens here? And, and that it doesn't just take place for an hour on Sunday morning. But what, what happens before and what happens after the service makes a great difference in our lives. And so today, maybe what, I, what we can do is take a look at, at, at some of the things that, that help prepare us to hear God's word. Because if we're unprepared, then I, I tell you what, um, nothing good will come from it, right? Sometimes if you've had a crummy week, or if you got news during the week of something traumatic that happened and you walk in through these doors on Sunday morning and your mind is, is on whatever it is that, that you heard. This week I got bad news from um, a friend of mine. He's a, a fellow pastor that used to pastor in Hawaii. 
good friend of mine. He pastors a church in, in, right outside of St. Louis. And he just had a stroke this week. And I, like my, my heart is grieving for he and his family. So I walk into these doors with that heaviness on top of me. And I know that you guys come from the same world that I live in. And if, if you walk in through these doors with the kind of heaviness like that, it's hard to worship. I get it. Sometimes when you walk out, you know, when you walk out the door and the kids are going crazy and, and you're trying to get to church on time and, and you're frazzled walking in, this time that we spend together is, is going to be hard to make a connection with God. If, if you have relationships that you're struggling with, especially in your home, and maybe you and your, your spouse had an argument before you left the house, and you walk into this place, you think you're going to hear from the Word of God? You know what I'm saying? Life is challenging. And I will tell you that when I have not come prepared to this place to hear the words, do you know, do you know what happens in me? When I'm not prepared... Spiritually, what happens in me? Absolutely nothing. It's the truth, right? If we're not prepared when we come to, to, to meet with God, you can't expect a lot of good to come from that. And so today, maybe instead of just looking at this time as, as what we do in worship, maybe we've got to look at what happens before and maybe what happens afterwards, and look at the life that we live, and maybe we can begin living a lifestyle of worship so that when we come into God's house, we can worship in spirit and truth, and his presence will be here with us because we are the kind of people that God seeks when we worship in spirit and truth. So today... I want to share with you some discipline, six things, six keys that will help us in the practice and the discipline of of living a lifestyle of worship. You guys ready for this? Are you guys ready for this? All right, here we go. (laughs) When we just make worship and we relegate that to what happens here once a week, we fall short of God's best for us in worship. And so I have six keys I want to share with you to make worship a lifestyle. Number one, okay, here we go. Know this, that God created you with a purpose. And that purpose is to be a worshiper. All right? This is really, really important because I don't think when you walk into this place or as you live your life out, you are cognizant of the fact that a part of the person that God created you to be is the fact that he created you to be a person of worship. And here's something for you to think about, understanding that you are created to worship. I want you to hear me when I say this. In this matter of worship, you have no choice in it. You have absolutely no choice in the fact that you're going to be worshiping something because you are created that way. And the way we know this is because we look all throughout the world, in every civilization of the world, you know what you find? You find people worshiping something. 
from the ancient Hawaiians that worshipped the, the god of Pele and the volcano to the aborigines in, in, in Australia that have their own primitive styles of worship to the people who live in tribes in Africa that we don't even know about. They worship something all over the world, in Asia, in the Middle East. It doesn't matter where you go. Every culture group worships something, which is truly amazing. You know why? Because they don't have a choice in the matter. We're all made to worship. And you go back in time. You start reading the Old Testament. And if it wasn't the worship of Yahweh, the people in those days worship Baal or some other god. Why? Because we're made to worship. Just like you're made to breathe and blink, you're made to worship. You have no choice in the matter. So hear me when I say this. If you choose not to worship God, you're going to worship something else. Because we're made to worship. You can look at it all across time and in every cultural, uh, in every different culture around the world. People worship something. And in America, if we're not worshiping God, then we're probably worshiping our work. Or we're probably worshiping our favorite sports team, or our favorite celebrity, or money, or our friends, or people that we know. And if people don't worship any of those things, you know what they worship? Themselves. They live for themselves. It's true. It's 100% true. So, My message to you today as we begin to understand this. You're created with a purpose to worship. And if you were created with a purpose to worship, then it makes sense to worship the one who created us. Let your worship be of the one who created us. Let's worship God and God alone. In fact, the passage of scripture that coincides with that is John in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. When Jesus was tempted by all kinds of things, he was tempted to show his power, and then he was tempted, you know, uh, the greatest temptation was that Satan said, took him to the highest mountain, bow down and worship me, and I know why you're here. You're here to be the Lord of all these people. If you bow down and worship me, that's what I'm going to allow it to happen. And Jesus' response is, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so our worship, there's a purpose for it, right? We were created with a purpose, and it is to worship. Our worship should be to worship God and God alone. Worship the creator that created you. So the second thing about worship that's important for you to know is know the person you worship. This is really important because we don't, we, we say we, know, we understand this, but I don't think we live it very well. When it comes to worshiping God, we have an audience of one. And that is God and God alone, right? We all say yes, yes, yes. Everybody nod your head. Yes, Pastor Gordon, we have uh, an audience of one. We worship God and God alone. So what that means is worship is not about you. And worship is not about me. Shane and I understand this. We, we used to pastor churches. And, and now you get a chance to do it. <laughs> when I moved to San Diego and I did not have a church of my own, 
Every Sunday morning, I walk into a church where I would preach otherwise because I was the pastor. I'd sit on my hands. <laughs> and it was hard. It was hard because for 20 years, that was me on stage. That was me planning the service. That was me doing all of this stuff. And today, when I come into church and all I get to do is listen, man, that's tough. And so you know what I had to do? I prayed before the service. And I said, Lord, today is not about me. Today is about you. So today I give this day to you. My gift is my worship of you today. I had to pray that prayer into my life because I believe, I believe with all my heart that worship is for God and God alone. It's not about me. And so I've been in enough churches for a long time to know that I hear enough people say, Pastor, I didn't like the worship today, as if the worship was for me. <laughs> right? I'm like, really? You didn't? Well, maybe God enjoyed it. <laughs> when we say words like that, we're actually saying, I don't understand who the person I ought to be worshiping. I ought to be worshiping God, but I didn't like the worship today. We've got to be careful about what we say when it comes to worship. Because when it, when it comes right down to it, if you don't know who you're worshiping, you could easily make it all about you or me. And we don't want to do that. Now, I want you to know that there is a preference that we all have. And I get that. And one of the jobs that Tim and the worship team have is to get to know who we are and what, how we worship best. And when they build the relationships with us and understand who we are and lead us into the throne room of God so that we can give our all and our best to God, that's what they're called to do as our worship leaders. But we got to be careful as the church not to just stand in judgment to say, I don't like that. Because it's not about us. Amen? It isn't. It's about Him. So when we worship, give your gift to God. Give it all to Him. Because that's what God desires. And true worshipers worship the Father how? In spirit and in truth. Not in selfishness and preferences of my own. But to give to God the best. So worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You can worship God with the preferences that you like at home as well too, right? It's not just about, you don't just worship here. If worship is truly a lifestyle and you really, like you guys probably don't know this about me. Mike does. But I, the music that I like is a lot more edgier. Louder. Much louder, Right? <laughs> and you know what I do when I'm with by myself because Rochelle won't even listen to it in my car that's how I worship God the way I like it and I have six days I can do that I encourage you that can reach out to God and how it, it speaks to your soul not just here but at home on your way to work when you have spare time you know Engage in the, in the worship of God. 
Practice it where you're at so that you can be good at it when you're here as well. Know who you're worshiping. The third important aspect about worship that helps us to make it a lifestyle is understand worship from God's perspective, right? And know this. The third thing is that God considers worship a high priority. And if God considers it a high priority, then we ought to make it a high priority in our lives as well too. You know how we know that God made it a high priority? Because when God gave us the Ten Commandments, He didn't say that the first commandment was, Thou shall not kill, which is a very important command. And, Thou shall not commit adultery, which is a very important command also. He didn't put those one and two and thou shalt not bear false testimony and thou shalt honor your father and mother. Those are all important. But you know what he told us for the very first command? You shall love the Lord your God and serve him. The second command, you shall not have any idols before me. The third command was you shall not misuse the name of our Lord. And the fourth command is you should obey the Sabbath and keep it holy. The top Four commands that God gave us in the Ten Commandments all have to do with worshiping God. And if God was going to give anything a priority, He's going to make it first. Amen? All that is before honor your father and mother. Before thou shall not kill. Before thou shall not steal. And thou shall not lie. And thou shall not commit adultery. And thou shall not covet. All of those are important, but God laid down the principle and priority of worship before all of those things. Worship is a high priority to God. And if we don't understand it, then we come into this place and we live our lives without worship being a high priority for us. And it is a high priority because it's important to God. And, and, and thus, church, can I, just, can I just tell you that when we come to worship, we should give it our best, and we should give it our all, right? God doesn't deserve not even second best from us. When it comes to worship, God deserves the very best. Exodus 23, 19 says, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. When you give anything to God, give Him the best. And so, church, can I just say this to you? When you worship the Lord, bring your best to God. Bring the best you to God. Because you are the instrument of worship for God. We Worship God. When we sing the songs, you know what we ought to do? We ought to mean every single word of it. Because if we don't, they're just songs. But it's not until we engage God. And, and when, when we sing the songs that we, we mean what we're saying, that's when it becomes worship. That's when we engage our spirit and it becomes truth because what we're singing matches our lives and it matches the relationship with God. God is pleased with that and those are the people that God seeks. When when we come to church and we're, and it's happened to me. It's been a tough week. My friend just had a stroke and I come and I sit down and it's hard to just leave that at the door. But when my mind's not here and my heart's not in it, I'm not worshiping. 
Sometimes we just have to take those things and leave it at the door and come in because then and only then that God can be the object of our desire when we come to worship him. Oh, bring the best to God. Bring the best you to God. Mean it. Don't just mouth it. And then prepare yourself to worship the Lord. Prepare yourself to worship God. Your preparation is an act of worship. Everybody, could you just repeat after me? Say, my preparation is an act of worship. That's how you make worship a lifestyle. When you prepare yourself to come to church, what you're doing is you're worshiping God and preparing yourself so that when you get here, you can just continue on in this life that you're living, fully committed and devoted to God and loving Him with all your heart. Your preparation is worship. Don't just think that what we do here is the only worship that we do. It's every moment of your life. That's why it says in Ecclesiastes 5.1, guard your steps when you go to the house of the Lord. Before you even get here, guard your steps. Watch where you walk. Because if you go into places that you ought not to go and you contaminate yourself with the things of this world, then when you come into this place, do you think that the life that you live is honoring to God? That your worship will mean everything that it ought to mean then other than when you're walking in the very footsteps that God is leading you on. And when you're walking in the very footsteps that God has you walking in and that those footsteps lead you right into the house of God and you enter into this place, man, that's when, when you sit here and you worship God and you hear the message, that's when you're transformed because you've been preparing for this the whole time. When I have not been walking in the footsteps of the Lord and I've been doing my own thing and I've been letting the world just weigh down on me and I walk through those doors and I sit down, guess what happens? Nothing. That's when nothing happens. When we prepare ourselves, when we guard our steps, when we walk in the footsteps that God calls us to walk in, then worship begins to be a lifestyle. When we grasp our word of God that I talked about last Sunday, right? When we're, when we're hearing the word and reading it and, and then when we're studying it and memorizing it and applying it into our lives and we take the word of God and we hold on to it, we have a firm grasp on it, you know what we're doing? We're preparing ourselves for worship. And that preparation is a part of worship. When we're grasping the word of God, when we're honoring God moment by moment in our lives, and how you live and what you do. Because ultimately, church, when our lives are being transformed, not just here, like again, but daily, we remove the masks that we wear, and then we reveal who God really is to us. And that is when 2 Corinthians 3.18 takes hold of our lives. When we, who with unveiled faces, 
all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The way we are transformed is we take off the masks that we're wearing, we become authentic people, that when we worship God, we mean every single word of it. He has our heart, he has our lives, we have surrendered it to him, and God comes to us, and we are changed. Isn't that why we're here? We, we, we don't just come to here just to kill an hour and a half so that we can, you know, on Sunday morning. We come because we want to connect with God. I do, and I know you do too. Oh, and the whole goal of this thing, the whole goal of what we're trying to do is be more like Jesus. And when we worship him in spirit and truth, he reflects through us. We become radiant people. (laughs) We live radiant lives. And we come to the Radiant Life Church. How beautiful that is. But when we don't live that way, when, 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 when our lives don't match our faith, James chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 tells us, With the tongue, we praise the Lord and Father. And with it, we curse humanity, right? We curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. And out of, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. James 3, 9 and 10. Don't. James is saying, your words out of this beautiful mouth that God created. If you're going to give God worship, then don't mess it up by contaminating with how you talk to other people poorly. Let your mouth be an instrument of praise and encouragement everywhere you go. That speaks to me. And then the fifth thing that we ought to do is we ought to pray. Because prayer is a part of the preparation. Prayer is a part of the preparation. And can I just encourage you? Pray daily. (laughs) Pray daily. Live your life moment by moment by moment in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Be joyful always. Pray continually and give thanks in every circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray daily. If you're married, I'm just going to throw in a little marriage counseling here. If you're married, you need to pray daily with your spouse. If you don't, you're missing out on a great, on a great experience that God desires for you to have in growing deeper spiritually with the one that you're married to. Now, that's marriage counseling. We're going to get back to the sermon here. (laughs) But seriously, pray daily with your spouse. Pray daily with your family. If you have children, pray daily with them. Teach them about the Lord. Have spiritual conversations. Model a lifestyle of worship for your family and for your children. And can can I ask you to do another thing? 
when you pray, pray for your church. The only way Radiant Life Church is going to be everything that God desires it to be is if you intercede for your pastor, for our worship leader, for the Sunday school teachers, for the church board. Pray for the empty seats that God would fill it. All the people that are new here today, if this is your first Sunday here, you know what you are to me? You are my answer to prayer. You know why? I've been praying for you even before you showed up. My phone goes off every day at 10.02. In fact, when we were having our membership class, beep, it went off. I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Turn it off. But on my list of things to pray for is pray for the empty seats at Radiant Life Church that God would fill it. And I pray for that. And you're here today. So I want you to know you are my answer to prayer today. I'm so grateful that you are here. I believe this is a divine appointment. Church, will you pray with me that God would fill the empty seats here? Let me ask you this question. If you're not praying for your pastor, and you're not praying for seats to be filled, and you're not praying for our worship team and our worship leader, and you're not praying for our Sunday school teacher, who is? Who will pray if it's not us? This is our church. This is the church that God has you at. Can I invite you in a part of the lifestyle of discipline in worship to join in prayer for this place? Amen? Amen. The Apostle Paul, he wasn't afraid to ask for prayer for himself. And I know that shame desires your prayer. Check out this verse right here in, where is it? In Ephesians chapter uh, 6. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying. You see that? It didn't say pray every so often or, or, or when you can remember. <laughs> Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me. This is what Paul says, but we can, make, make, we can pretend Shane is saying this because he's our pastor. That whatever, whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul is saying, pray. Pray that I preach the truth. Help me. Help me. Help us. Pray. Join me in praying. Set an alarm on your phone. It doesn't need to be at 10.02. It doesn't matter when you set the alarm. But I guarantee you something. If you don't have an alarm, you won't remember. Life's too busy. It's too busy. When mine goes off, I have to stop. I got to turn it off. And that's when I pray. Join me in prayer. And then the last thing, number six, is this. And this is important too. All of it's important, obviously. But participate in worship. That's important. Participate in worship. And can I tell you something? Simply showing up is <laughs> not participating. It's like being on a basketball team and never getting a chance to get into the game. You can make no difference because you're sitting on the bench. I've had many experiences of that. <laughs> but we want everybody to be on the starting five here so participate right Romans 12 chapter 1 the apostle Paul urges oh my gosh he he urges therefore I urge you 
brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. The Apostle Paul is pleading with the church in Rome, do this, I urge you, get involved, make it authentic, give your all and give your best. Because one thing is for sure, if you show up, and you don't worship God in spirit and truth. God knows it. (laughs) God knows it. Do you think God can't see? Maybe we might not. But God sees it, right? And look at what Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9 says. My goodness, this verse scares me. These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. When you worship God in vain... God does not show up. And what point is it for us to gather together if God doesn't show up? And so, church, as I conclude this message of the discipline of worship as a lifestyle, I want to just go back to the foundational message that Jesus gave to us, the greatest commandment that he gave in the world. He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The number one thing. And that's what worship is. Worship is our response to God's great love for us is that we love him back. And the way God loves us is with everything he had. He gave us the best. He gave us his son. And the only thing God asks of us is this that we, we, we love him just as much as he loves us. That's what worship is. And it doesn't just happen here, but it happens every day of our lives. Let us be people who live a lifestyle of worship. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And in, in, in this, let us close in a word of prayer. And Tim, you have a song that you can help us to lead so that as we finish this day, we can be people who truly worship God. We can live out this lifestyle. Amen. Church, would you pray with me? Father in heaven, let us not be Sunday Christians. Let us not be people who live different lives day in and day out and change everything on Sunday. Let us be people who live a lifestyle of worship. And it begins with us understanding that you created us to be beings that worship. And if we choose not to worship you, we're going to worship something else. We don't want to do that, Lord. We want to worship the, the one who created us. And Lord, teach us, help us to learn to worship well. We don't want our worship to be in vain. We want to be worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth because they are the worshipers the Father seeks. Lord, we pray today that you seek us out. Turn our hearts towards you, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.